Well, as I said, um, it's, it's great to be together as families and to celebrate our risen king. You know, uh, over the past few minutes, we've been singing praises, um, reading s- truths from scripture, offering prayers, all of it declaring the reason for our hope. Declaring the reason for our hope. Peter says something very similar when he challenges some of the first believers this way. If someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Always be ready to explain it. More than a decade ago, I I remember being asked outright by one of my coworkers at the time. She said, Jamie, you, you seem so hopeful. What's your secret? Hello. Outright. After this uh, very chaotic year we've experienced, um, I I think a lot of people are asking that right now. Uh, A year of isolation, a year of remote learning for most, uh, a year of massive uncertainty, a year of uh, division that is palpable. Everyone can feel it. Just last week I, I saw a headline which read, Google searches for hope and prayer peak while searches for the term party and festival slump. People are hungry for hope. People are hungry for meaning. People are hungry for answers, especially these days. So if if you're a believer in the resurrection of Jesus, are you ready to explain the reason for your hope? In other words, if someone were to ask you, hey, uh, assuming Jesus really did die, uh, rise from the dead, what, what difference does it make that he rose? What, what difference does it make in your life? What would you say? How would you be prepared to answer that question? For me, personally, uh, one of the strongest answers to that question is the transformation of the eyewitnesses, the, the, the 180 degree turn um, that occurred in their lives. At the empty tomb, Luke includes this little detail about how the disciples uh, first reacted to the news. Uh, it's found in Luke 24, 10 to, and 11, and it says, now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women, who, uh, and the other, wi- other women with them who told these things to the apostles But listen to this, verse 11. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. An idle tale. The the stuff of dreams. Fairy tales. The the disciples. These are the core uh, group of Jesus' closest friends, closest followers, remained in disbelief, remained in a state of hopelessness. Back to the fishing boats. Back to whatever was going on three years prior. Until they encountered the risen Jesus. And that changed everything. Let me, let me walk you through uh, the sequence uh, recorded for us in Scripture of these first encounters with Jesus. He first revealed himself to, to Mary Magdalene and, and the other women, who, by the way, I think it's so cool um, were the first evangelists. Uh, Jesus could have, could have revealed himself to, to anyone, to, 
to men first, but he chose to reveal himself to women. So cool. Then to Peter and John. Later that same day, uh, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Then to uh, the 10 other disciples who were gathering in this upper room. A week later, to all 11 disciples, including Thomas, who refused to believe what he saw with his, with his eyes, but had to touch, had to um, put his hands in the holes in Jesus' hands and side. Then over the next month, the, the risen Jesus would, would appear to more than 500 brothers at one time, to, to James, the brother of, of Jesus, to, to a small gathering of, of disciples on the beach one morning, to hundreds on the mountain of, Mount of Olives near um, the city of Bethany. These were the eyewitnesses. We, we recently looked at Acts and, and saw Paul rounding up and, and arresting Christians, putting many to death, doing his dead-level best to, to put an end to this movement called Christianity until he had an encounter with the risen Christ. 180-degree turn. Paul would never be the same. So in 1 Corinthians 15, which Ali just read a moment ago, a, a portion of, Paul, Paul wrote these words, If Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless, and your faith is useless. Dropping down to 17. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. All of our hope rests on the resurrection of Jesus. John Stott wrote in his little book, um, Basic Christianity. Are we to believe that they were proclaiming what they knew to be a deliberate lie? If they had themselves taken the body of Jesus, then to preach his resurrection was to spread a known planned falsehood. They not only preached it, they suffered for it. They, they were prepared to go to prison, to the flogging post, and to death for, the very, for a fairy tale. This simply does not ring true. It's so unlikely as to be virtually impossible. If anything is clear from the Gospels and the Acts, it is that the, the apostles were sincere Hypocrites and martyrs are not made of the same stuff. So, for these eyewitnesses, the, the resurrection of Jesus wasn't a given. It wasn't something uh, to be assumed. It wasn't something they were sitting around thinking, hey, I got an idea. Suppose Jesus rose from the dead. How would that give us hope? No, 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 we, we have to do something with the fact that their encounter with the risen Jesus was real. This was, this was a season in the life of the church God was using to benefit all of us. Let me, let me repeat that. This was a season in the life of the church God was using to benefit all of us. Jesus said to doubting Thomas after he, he revealed himself to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's, that's the rest of us. So what difference does it make that the resurrection happened? You seem so hopeful, Jamie. What's your secret? The secret of hopefulness is the subject of a 
portion of 2 Corinthians I'd like us to look at uh, briefly this morning. Uh, It's found in 2 Corinthians 4, uh, verses 14 to 18. Paul, Paul writes, We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with, with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That's why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that uh, vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things that we, we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. So Paul's offering three outcomes of the resurrection to everyone who has put their faith in Christ. Okay, number one. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we will be raised from the dead as well. Look at verse 14. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. That's everlasting hope. Death has been conquered. Death has been defeated. Not only by Jesus for Jesus, but by Jesus for all of us. All of us who belong to him by faith. Listen to the uh, incredible comfort of these words by Peter. You know, written to, leader, uh, to, to readers who, I mean, who were scattered all over Asia and um, who were suffering in ways that make 2020 um, pale in comparison. He says, According to his, God's great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Without the resurrection, a hope in life beyond the grave is wishful thinking. It's a fairy tale. It's an idle myth. But because the resurrection happened, we have real hope now. Number two, because Jesus rose from the dead, we, we are already being made new now. Look at, look at verse 16. Um, Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. When we place our faith in Christ, Scripture says we experience a, 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 a kind of spiritual rebirth. We are new creations, not only for the future. No, no, no. For the now. For the present. Romans eight eleven says, the, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. What does that mean? That means we, we can grow into the people God intended us to be from the beginning. We can grow to be the the people he designed us to be, created us to be. Our our physical health will decline. Yes, of course. But our inner life is actually getting stronger. It's actually getting healthier. 
We're God's workmanship, right? We're God's art. Um, Ephesians 2.10. He's the potter. We're his lump of clay. He's shaping us. He's molding us into the image of Jesus, who is the firstborn among many brothers, many sisters. By what means? By the same means that raised Jesus from the dead. So Easter means, this day means, that we don't have to feel trapped. We don't have to feel enslaved by the same old sinful habits, the same old attitudes, the same old behaviors, the same old ways of thinking. We don't have to be owned by sin. We don't have to settle for thinking, ah, I guess this is just my struggle in life. No, no, no. Jesus offers us more. We can change. We can grow by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So we have hope because Jesus rose from the dead. We know that we will be raised from the dead. And the second is we can grow. The third, we can live for what's eternal, not for what's temporary. If, if death is the end, then you and I can eat, drink, and be merry. <laughs> we can uh, define meaning or significance, whatever way it works for us. You know, we can pour ourselves into things that, that will give us joy and a sense of significance for 20, 30, 40, 50, 80 years. But because of the resurrection, Paul's saying, that is short-term thinking. No, 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 you, you have the opportunity to invest your life in the one who died and was raised for you. Verse 18 again says, so, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Um, between today and next Easter, we're going to have days when the future will look bleak. We'll, we'll be walking through the valley of some kind, of some, sh some way, shape, and form. Some of us might lose someone we love. Some of us will face betrayal. Some of us will come into financial hardship. Those will be hard trials. But it's in those moments that the truth of the risen Jesus will carry us through that valley. I believe that. I firmly believe that. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Between today and Easter next year, we're going to be tempted in a thousand ways to, to, to make short-term investments instead of eternal ones. To, to spend our money, to spend our talents, to spend our time making to, to use a C.S. Lewisism, to make mud pies in the city, mud pies in the slum, when God is offering a, us a vacation at the beach. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with that? Between today and, and next Easter, uh, we're, we're going to have days when we see things in ourselves that need to change. 
We're going to wonder if, if change is possible. And without putting our feet firmly on Jesus, the risen Jesus, we will have no power to change. Strongholds uh, will become the norm. Addictions of a thousand kinds. Our attitudes, our motivations, and actions will not change. But when we do stand on what Jesus did for us, what he accomplished for us, the same power that raised him from the dead is now living in us. And we can change. I'm not saying anything new. <laughs> for, most, for 99% of you, I haven't said a word that you haven't heard before, but my job has been to remind myself and you of this great resurrection news because our vision of reality leaks. Our amazement of Christ's resurrection leaks. Everything depends on the life-changing news of Easter. Everything. Our forgiveness, our hope for change now, our hope for eternity later. That's the reason we have hope. You seem so hopeful, Jamie. What's your secret? That's my secret. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for the hope we have in your son Jesus who died for us but is, has risen in rules over all. And we praise you for his presence with us. Because he lives, we, we look forward to our eternal life with you, knowing that nothing, past, present, future, can ever separate us from your love, your great love, made known to us through Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Would you stand to sing again?